Welcome back. Good morning. Hey, guys. Wake up. Hello, this is Chip and Eric reading through the Bible. Whoa, whoa, we're just waking up, Chip. Oh, this is Chip and Eric reading through the Bible. Hey there. And so glad that you can join us today. We're trying to... Wake up. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Wake up! (laughs) Get out of bed! That's what I tell my kids. All right. Reading through the Bible today, Numbers 11, 12, and 13. This is day 59. Day number 59. You know what's going to happen? We're going to have a lot of complaining in this one. Oh. There's a lot of grumbling and groaning. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Buckle up. That's all right. Buckle up. Hey, so yesterday, everyone, we talked about uh, the second Passover. Mm -hmm. So, man, a year after. So we have a year has passed. Since yeah. we've left left uh, Egypt, it was a quick year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it feels like it feels, <laughs> it feels like, like it's a few only... days. <laughs> yeah. Well, but so we we talked about how the tabernacle would move when the pillar would when God would move the tabernacle would move the people would pick up and go. Sometimes it would be just overnight. Sometimes it would be for a couple of days. Um, so we talked about that. Now we're gonna get into the part. You know, I gotta say. Uh, one of the things that happens is we, uh, and I'm very, very guilty of this, we will judge Israel as being like a super whiny, like whatever group of people. True. Uh, man, I'm so guilty of being that same way. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, as we read about their complaints, I just want to keep sure. that at the front of our minds. Yeah, that's good. The people complained to Moses, Numbers chapter 11. Soon, the people, it's only been a year, the people, and they've complained before, the people began to complain about their hardship, and the Lord heard everything they said. Then the Lord's anger blazed against them, and he sent a fire to rage among them, and he destroyed some of the people in the outskirts of the camp. Then the people screamed to Moses for help, and when he prayed to the Lord, the fire stopped. After that, the area was known as Taborah, which means the place of burning, because the fire from the Lord had burned among them there. Then the foreign rabble who were traveling with the Israelites began to crave the good things of Egypt. Mm. And the people of Israel also began to complain. Oh, for some meat, they exclaimed. We remember the fish we used to eat for free in Egypt. And we had all the cucumbers and melons, the leeks, the onions, the garlics that we wanted. But now our appetites are gone. All we ever see is this manna. The manna looked like small coriander seeds, and it was pale yellow like gum resin. The people would go out and gather it from the ground. They made flour by grinding it with hand mills or pounding it in mortars. Then they boiled it in a pot to make it into flat cakes. These cakes tasted like pastries baked with olive oil. The manna came down on the camp with the dew during the night. Moses heard all the families standing in the doorways of their tents whining, and the Lord began uh, it became extremely angry. Moses was also very aggravated, and Moses said to the Lord, Why are you treating me, your servant, so harshly? Have you mercy on me? Have mercy on me. What do I deserve the burden of all these people? Did I give birth to them? Did I bring them into the world? Why did you tell me to carry them in my arms like a mother carries a nursing baby? How can I carry them to the land you swore to give to their ancestors? Where am I supposed to get meat for all these people? They keep whining to me, saying, Give us meat to eat. I can't carry all these people by myself. The load is far too heavy. If this is how you intend to treat me, just go ahead and kill me. Do me a favor and spare me this misery. Moses chooses 70 leaders. Then the Lord said to Moses, Gather before me 70 men who are recognized as elders and leaders of Israel. Bring them to the tabernacle to stand there with you. I will come down and talk to you there. I will take some of the spirit that is upon you, and I will put the spirit upon them also. They will bear the burden of the people along with you, so you won't have to carry it alone. And say to the people, purify yourselves, for tomorrow you will have meat to eat. You were whining, and the Lord heard you when you cried. 
Oh, for some meat. We were, bitter off, we were better off in Egypt. Now the Lord will give you meat and you will have to eat it. And it won't be for just a day or two or five or 10 or 20. You will eat it for a whole month until you gag and are sick of it. For you have rejected the Lord who is here among you and have whined to him saying, Why did we ever leave Egypt? But Moses responded to the Lord, There are 600,000 foot soldiers here with me. And yet you say, I will give them meat for a whole month. Even if we butchered all our flocks and herds, would that satisfy them? Even if we caught all the fish in the sea, would that be enough? Then the Lord said to Moses, Has my arm lost its power? Now you will see whether or not my word comes true. So Moses went out and reported the Lord's words to the people. He gathered the 70 elders and stationed them around the tabernacle. And the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to Moses. And he gave the 70 elders the same spirit that was upon Moses. And when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied, but this never happened again. Two men, Eldad and Medad, that's... That's you and me. That's right. That's day behind in the camp. They were listed among the elders, but they had gone out to the tabernacle. Yet the Spirit rested upon them as well. So they prophesied in their camp. A young man ran and reported to Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying at the camp. Joshua, son of Nun, who had been Moses' assistant since his youth, protested, Moses, my master, make them stop. But Moses replied, Are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets, and the Lord would put his spirit upon them all. Then Moses returned to the camp with the elders of Israel. The Lord sends quail. Love it. Mm -hmm. Now the Lord sent a wind that brought quail from the sea and let them fall all around the camp. For miles in every direction, there were quail flying about three feet above the ground. Just picturing this. Yeah. yeah. So the people went out and caught quail all that day and throughout the night and all the next day, too. No one gathered less than 50 bushels. Mm. They spread the quail all around the camp to dry. But while they were gorging themselves on the meat, while it was still in their mouths, the anger of the Lord blazed against the people, and he struck them with a severe plague. So this place was called, uh, of course it was, Kibrothatava, yeah. which means graves of gluttony, because there they buried the people who had craved meat from Egypt. From Kibroth Hatava, the Israelites traveled to Hazeroth, where they stayed for some time. Numbers chapter 12. The Complaints of Miriam and Aaron While they were at Hazeroth, Miriam and Aaron criticized Moses because he had married a Cushite woman. They said, Has the Lord spoken only through Moses? Hasn't the spoken, has he spoken through us too? But the Lord heard them. Now Moses was very humble, more humble than any other person on the earth. Now, did Moses write this? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Moses, we got you on that one. We got you. <laughs> so immediately the Lord called to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam and said, Go out to the tabernacle, all three of you. So the three of them went to the tabernacle. Then the Lord descended in the pillar of cloud and stood at the entrance of the tabernacle. Aaron and Miriam, he called, and they stepped forward. And the Lord said to them, Now listen to what I say. If there were prophets among you, I, the Lord, would reveal myself in visions. I would speak to them in dreams. But not with my servant Moses. Of all the house, he is the one I trust. I speak to him face to face, clearly, and not in riddles. He sees the Lord as he is. So why are you not afraid to criticize my servant Moses? The Lord was very angry with them, and he departed. As the cloud moved from above the tabernacle, there stood Miriam, her skin as white as snow from leprosy. When Aaron saw what had happened to her, he cried out to Moses, Oh, my master, please don't punish us for this sin we have foolishly committed. Don't let her be like a stillborn baby already decayed at birth. So Moses cried out to the Lord, Oh God, I beg you, please heal her. 
But the Lord said to Moses, If her father had done nothing more than spit in her face, wouldn't she be defiled for seven days? So keep her outside the camp for seven days, and after that she may be accepted back. So Miriam was kept outside the camp for seven days, and the people waited until she was brought back before they traveled again. Then they left Hazeroth and camped in the wilderness of Paran. Numbers chapter 13. Twelve scouts explore Canaan. The Lord now said to Moses, Send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land I am giving to the Israelites. Send one leader from each of the twelve ancestral tribes. So Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He sent out twelve men, all tribal leaders of Israel, from their camp in the wilderness of Paran. These were the tribes and the names of their leaders. The tribe of Reuben had the leader of Shamua, son of Zachur. The tribe of Simeon had the leader of Shaphat, son of Hori. The tribe of Judah, the leader was Caleb, son of Jephunneh. The tribe of Issachar was Igal, son of Joseph. The tribe of Ephraim had Hoshea, son of Nun. The tribe of Benjamin, was the leader was Palti, son of Raphu. Uh, the tribe of Zebulun had Gadiel, son of Saadi. The tribe of Manasseh, son of Joseph, had the leader of Gadi, son of Susi, or Susi. Sorry, Susi. Uh, the tribe of Dan had the leader of Amiel, son of Gamali. The tribe of Asher, the leader was Sethur, son of Michael. The tribe of Naphtali, the leader was Nabi, son of Vapshi. Mm-hmm. The tribe of Gad had the leader of Gul, who was the son of Maki. You know, even to this day, we name our kids Caleb and Joshua after the Caleb and Joshua here. If yeah. this story coming up had gone any differently, we'd be naming our kids Shamua and Egal yeah. and Sether. Anyway, yeah. these are the names of the men Moses sent out to explore the land. Moses called Hoshea, son of Nun, by the name Joshua. Moses gave the men... These men, these instructions, as he set them out to explore the land. Go north through the Negev into the hill country. See what the land is like and find out whether the people living there are strong or weak, few or many. See what kind of land they live in. Is it good or bad? Do the towns have walls or are they unprotected like open camps? Is the soil fertile or poor? Are there many trees? Do you uh, do your best to bring back samples of the crops you see? It happened to be the season for harvesting for uh, the first ripe grapes. So they went up and explored the land from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rehob, near Lebo Haimath. Going north, they passed through the Negev and arrived at Hebron, where Ahimon, Seshi, and Talmai, all descendants of Anak, lived. The ancient town of Hebron was founded seven years before the Egyptian city of Zoan. So they went so they came to the valley of Eskel, and they cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes so large that it took two of them to carry it on a pole between them. They also brought back samples of the pomegranates and figs. Mm. That place, that is good. That place was called the Valley of Eskel, which means cluster because of the cluster of grapes the Israelite men cut there. Next, we have the scouting report. After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit that they had taken from the land. This is was a report to Moses. We entered the land you set to us to explore. It is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. The Amalekites live in the Negev, and the Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. 
But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once and take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread the bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled throughout and explored will devour many who go to live there. All the people that we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's, uh, and that's what they thought, too. Wow. Hmm. You see what I mean? Grasshoppers. You know, if those other ten leaders mm-hmm. would have been as faithful as Caleb, we would be naming our kids yeah. Guel and Amiel and yeah. Gadai. Yeah, I could I see I wish that. things could have been so much better. So much better. Yeah. Yeah, that's all right. (laughs) God has a plan. God has a plan. Okay. Hey, that was good. That was good. I'm just picturing like all, like these millions of people, because there's like two million people in, you know, whatever it is in Israel, like a ton of people. Ton. At least a million, right? At least. I'm just picturing them. You know, in their camps and just quails, just like oh, zipping geez. around three three feet above the ground. You know, oh. just zipping everywhere. I'm just picturing. That. I'm sorry, I was laughing. Yeah, no, that's okay. Yeah, okay, lots of different that's, stories here, Chip. But the question, the question, it's the people want to know. So what? So what? Okay. So, if I if I wrote a book based upon these um, three chapters we just read, I would title it. How to tick God off. Oh, yeah. Seriously. Yeah. How to tick God off. It would be a very practical book, and a lot of it would be um, stop grumbling and complaining. God provides. God's in charge. He got you out of trouble. He got. He's taking you to a good place. He's providing what you need, so stop looking back. Stop complaining. Stop grumbling. Stop dogging the people he's put to lead you. Yeah, yeah. you know, and that just ticks him off. Yeah. He's angry. He's upset. He wants to just end it, deal, deal with it, be done with them. And then, uh, you know, Moses steps in there a little bit. And, and then, you know, I just think, um, and we do the same today when we don't appreciate who God is and what he does and what he provides. Mm-hmm. And we just want more more, more, mm-hmm. and, um, or we want to go back. We liked how it used to be, you know. Can I have both? We want both sometimes. Mm-hmm. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, and, uh, and so I think, you know, behind the scenes there, God is love, but he gets angry. He gets angry, and it's not a sinful anger. It's a righteous anger because he's done so much for us. <coughs> yeah. And he's just like, don't you get it? It's kind of like we are with our kids. We provide a lot for them. We give them a lot of wisdom, insight, and then when they still mess up and they don't take our advice, like, you, aren't you, you're crazy. You yeah. know, that's so foolish. We have yeah. told you. But sometimes we have to learn for ourselves. They have to learn for themselves. And uh, so I think the lesson of so what here is if you want to tick God off, then keep complaining. Yeah, just start complaining. Yeah. Or keep complaining. Yes. Either one. Either, either way. Either one. Yeah. All right, so that's one of them. But there's probably and, more. Oh, man, it's such a foreshadow. I don't want to, I'm not going to, like, ruin the story, quote, unquote. But, Chip, just remember that the complaining from the nation of Israel is going to have a profound effect on Moses that will change You're his well. destiny. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and he will have a lot of responsibility in that. But just remember, like, the complaining that is driving God nuts here yeah. is affecting Moses, too. Yeah. God is incapable of sinning in his yeah. anger. Moses is not. Yeah. And so just remember that your complaining 
has a profound effect on the people that are trying to point. to have positive and and good influence in your life. Your yeah. your complaining is affecting. Right. I see that. Yeah, with my wife, my kids, definitely. It, if I yeah, it impacts them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, good. Okay, good point. Where's Jesus? So Jesus is in a couple really cool places here. Um, one that I really liked was where Moses said, uh, I wish all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put a spirit on all yeah. of them. Yeah. There in 11 verse 29. Yep. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Because, hey, Moses. Yeah. <laughs> Guess what? You, your wish is true. Yeah. But, you know, how cool is that? That, you know, on this side of history, having mm-hmm. experienced the cross, the resurrection, yeah, uh, now when you accept Christ, mm. it, it isn't just about, um, you know, following a pillar in the wilderness. Like, that's a great picture for us. But now Moses has, he said it, the Holy Spirit of God is upon yeah. all yeah. of his people. And man, does that open things up when you're talking about a kingdom yeah. that is so much grander than this kingdom of Israel ever mm. will be. Mm. You know, so that is the first place that God has has. Uh, seen fit god the holy spirit has seen fit to come into the lives of every believer in jesus so jesus opened that for us i wonder oh we're dig- i'm going to digress a little bit i love it i wonder if moses if he was alive today and we we have we do have the holy spirit in us uh-huh. and he would look at us he'd be like you idiots what are yeah. you doing oh yeah 100 you have the ultimate yeah. resource i remember when it was above us now he's in you what are you doing yeah he'd yeah. be just as angry and that's part just of the- as ticked off and maybe god is that's maybe that's part of the paradox, I think, of this old and new covenant thing, right? Where the new covenant is uh, much simpler, yeah. but much more demanding. Yeah. Uh, and part of that is, yes, now we're not looking at just one, two, three, seventy people that have the Spirit of God. Yeah. We're looking at billions yeah. around the world who claim the name of Jesus True. that should have the Spirit of God in them. And yeah. yet... We're not able to do things on the level that, you know, Israel was doing, you know, that they would conquer the giants. So, yeah, that's good. Um, good one. Yeah. So the, wow. the other place I see Jesus, I believe it's going to come up again later. So I'm going to let it rest for now. Oh. Um, yeah. So I'm going to let it rest because I oh. think it'll come up later. So no hints? No hints. No hints. Not a no little bitty hint. Not even for you. Oh, come on. Not even when I hit the stop button. Oh, gee. Yeah. All right. Well, I got to go. You got to go. <clears throat> yeah. And we know you guys have a busy day ahead of you today. So, or not. Um, you probably do. You have no you idea. You guys are hard workers, right? No you grumbling, are. no complaining. Get at it. Yeah. Go for it. One day at a time. You can do it. I can do it. Eric does it. So yeah. let's do it. Have a good one. We'll see you tomorrow because tomorrow is day 60. Can you believe 60. that? 60. Tomorrow is day 60. Wait, does that mean? I think that means that today is March 1st. That's pretty cool. Yeah. March 1st. Good job. All right. See you tomorrow. Bye.